Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. South Carolina and Georgia. And this has been something we've discussed all week long, but it's worth noting yet again, the final year of the quote-unquote border war for the foreseeable future, guys. Gamecocks and Bulldogs will not meet, as you know, in 2024 due to the SEC expansion and the updated scheduling, what have you. It feels like I know that divisions are going away with East and West, but South Carolina schedule next year feels very SEC West heavy with Texas A&M and Alabama and, you know, LSU and, and Oklahoma, what have you. And so I think it puts a little bit of extra emphasis and a little bit of extra motivation in, in this football game, right? And, and it's a weird thing, right? We talked, you know, my favorite memories from this series, and that was on purpose because, you know, next year was the first time since 1991 that South Carolina and Georgia have not met on – the gridiron. While this series has taken a turn over the last eight or nine years or so, Georgia dominating for the most part. You know, it's it's there's a lot of great memories in this series. It's one that we're also used to seeing, and it's going to be strange, you know, not having it on the slate next year. So I think that uh, you know, for South Carolina, putting their best foot forward, putting on a good showing, and and challenging Georgia, if not beating them, and for Georgia, obviously the same thing. They want to put their best foot forward and have a good showing in the final matchup of these two as well for the foreseeable future. Kind of a different vibe and sort of a weird feeling going into this football game knowing we don't get Gamecocks and Bulldogs in 2024. Guys, there's a lot of familiarity, too, when it comes to this game between South Carolina and Georgia. And it's, you know, speaking of the weird vibes, when you look at, you know, I was doing my deep dive on Georgia's roster and and their players, and, you know, I was skimming over the coaches. It is crazy when you look at the coaching staff and you see names like Mike Bobo, Will Muschamp, even Brian McClendon, who I almost forgot was on that staff. Then you think about the dynamic of Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer, and obviously Beamer worked for Kirby Smart for a couple of years. These are two programs. These are two teams. These are two coaching staffs more than anything that are very, very, very familiar with each other and you so you just you know not that you need extra motivation not that you need you know that 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 bit of extra right in this football game because it's South Carolina and Georgia if that doesn't get you fired up if that doesn't get your blood pumping you need to get your pulse checked but you know we all know we, we all know how the Gamecock fan base feels about Mike Bobo Will Muschamp that entire crew and so getting revenge would be nothing short of sweet right and Let's not forget that Shane Beamer's 1-0 against Mike Bobo in his time facing him off because Mike Bobo was the OC at Auburn 
back in 2021 when the Gamecocks took down the Auburn Tigers. Brian Harson led Tigers, of course. So it's going to be interesting, you know, facing off against Mike Bobo, against Will Muschamp, Brian McClendon, that entire crew. And then, of course, the Shane Beamer and Kirby Smart dynamic. And, you know, I was asked this late last night, guys. Is there any bad blood? Is there beef? Between Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer, I mean, the way that the sideline antics and Kirby Smart last year looking over at the Gamecock sideline saying, first down, mother effer, like, that doesn't seem like antics of a guy who has a lot of love and admiration for his counterpart on the other side of the field. So it's going to be interesting. The emotions in this football game will be running high outside of it being the SEC opener outside of South Carolina, Georgia, and what that brings. But these coaching staffs, all of their familiarity, I think that's going to make for a really interesting dynamic on Saturday afternoon. Now, getting onto the field where it really matters, right? The big question is this. Do slow starts play a big role on Saturday? Because you look at Georgia over the first two weeks, and I know for many of you out there giving your, your keys to the game and what South Carolina has to do, you know, taking advantage of a Georgia team that has come out of the gate really, really sluggish in each of their first two games against UT Martin and Ball State and, and you know, putting the pressure on them from the jump, that is something many folks have referenced to, and I do agree that that's South Carolina, something they need to accomplish do slow starts continue to hurt Georgia, right? I mean, to be fair, they scored 31 points in the second quarter against Ball State last week, but they've come out of the gate looking very sluggish and starting very slow and, and just not looking like the Georgia that we are all so used to seeing. On the South Carolina side, how important is it to start fast, you may ask? Guys, the Gamecocks are 2-6 and six in road SEC games under Shane Beamer. They've been outscored 157 to 42 by halftime in those six losses. In the two wins, the Gamecocks have outscored their opponents 24 to 7. The translation is this, guys. On the road in the SEC, we typically know by halftime whether the Gamecocks have a shot. So, I would make sense of it this way. You can't win the game in the first half, but you sure as hell can lose it. And South Carolina has found ways on the road in the SEC under Shane Beamer. When they've lost, they haven't just lost. They've lost in grand fashion. Many of those contests, it's been over at halftime. So, on the Georgia side of things, starting slow, when you do it once, okay, it's a one-off. You do it twice, all of a sudden, it becomes a trend. If South Carolina is able to start fast, jump on the dogs, take advantage of that early, I think it's a situation where South Carolina can put the dogs in a very uncomfortable situation and flip this game, this game on its head, if you will. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Guys, has there been a better quarterback in the SEC to this point than Spencer Rattler? And I think one of the biggest gripes from Gamecock Nation, is that he's not quite getting the love and the respect nationally that he deserves. I mean, we've all seen these lists come out. Here's the top performing quarterbacks through two weeks. And for whatever reason, Spencer Rattler is just not getting any credit for what he's done at this point. Now, I understand that his numbers have come against North Carolina and Furman, two secondaries that aren't all that great. But the fact of the matter is this, guys. He has completed... 83% of his passes to this point. I don't care who the opponent is. That's insane, right? Especially when you factor in the Gamecocks. Biggest deficiency is their offensive line and not being able to run the football and really give him any help. He's also thrown for 359 yards per game, right? I mean, Spencer Rattler is playing at a level we have not seen at South Carolina at this point outside of the final stretch to end last season against Tennessee and Clemson. You want respect? You want South Carolina's QB1 to get national respect? Here's the opportunity. And what a statement it would be for him. If he's able to go into Athens, you know what, guys? Even if it's in a losing effort, doesn't matter what effort it's in. Even if it's in an effort in which the Gamecocks fall short. If Spencer Rattler goes out there, he puts up another 300 spot and throws for a couple of touchdowns and, you know, takes care of the football, doesn't turn it over, we'll say, I think all of a sudden you are seeing the national narrative change when it comes to Spencer Rattler. Now, he's going to have to overcome more than likely an offensive line that's going to struggle against a really stout Georgia defensive front. And this is going to be his greatest task yet, his greatest challenge facing off against that Georgia secondary. Right, It's going to be his greatest challenge he's faced to this point. If Spencer Rattler is able to go toe-to-toe against that Georgia defense and put up the type of numbers or somewhat similar that we've seen in the first two weeks, you're going to see that narrative about Rattler completely change. And again, he might even have to be better than he's been the first two weeks, guys. And I don't know how much how, how possible that really is, but with Georgia's secondary, the pass rush that will inevitably be coming... I mean, they're solid at all three levels, guys. Georgia folks are claiming this defense is better than the defense they fielded last year, and we saw what Georgia's defense did to Spencer Rattler last season. 
But what an opportunity for the Gamecock signal caller. What an opportunity for Spencer Rattler to make a statement in Athens that he absolutely 100% should be considered with some of the best quarterbacks in college football. Now, the man that will be calling those shots and trying to scheme things for him to get Spencer Rattler in situations where he can be successful is South Carolina OC Dabble Loggins. And guys, one of my greatest question marks going in this football game. How is Dowell Loggins able to scheme around the offensive line deficiencies? Because let's call it what it is, guys. South Carolina is going to have to overcome the weakness up front to have a chance in this football game. I've seen a lot of people predicting 24, 28-point outputs for South Carolina this week. My question is, how? How is that going to happen when we know for a fact at this point, we know for a fact, the offensive line is a weakness and South Carolina can't run the football. They ran it for 2.8 yards per carry against Furman and negative two yards when you include sacks against North Carolina. Georgia's defensive front is better than anything the Gamecocks have seen to this point by a wide margin. Do we see Dabble Loggins resort to the swing pass, the, the bubble screen? Do we see them go downfield a ton? Do we see them get creative in the running game? Because you're going to have to find some semblance of balance. Seen a lot of commentary this week. Why doesn't South Carolina just go to the air raid? They should throw it 90% of the time. Okay. See how that works out against Georgia's defense. See how that works out against SEC defenses. Guys, South Carolina has no chance in this football game and any SEC football game they play if they can't find a semblance of balance. How does that balance come against a really, really tough Georgia defense? I don't know. I don't know. What can they do in the running game? Dowell Loggins is going to earn his paycheck this week, folks. That's a fact. Dowell Loggins is going to earn every penny But you got to find ways to get Georgia's defense on their heels. You got to find ways to win first down and get yourself in second and manageable, third and manageable, where you can take some shots, where you can utilize Xavier Leggett, where you can utilize the tight ends, because you feel like you have the weapons. And with the way Spencer Rattler's playing, it gives you a chance in this football game. But I am so fascinated to see, because I think just saying, well, we got to be stingy in the run game and we got to be committed to it. I just don't think that's a recipe for success, guys. I I don't think you can go in. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm not saying South Carolina should never attempt to run in this game, but you're a damn fool, and and you're you're fooling yourself if you think the Gamecocks are all of a sudden going to find their running game up the gut against Georgia. You, You just, it's wishful thinking. So, What does Dabble Loggins do from a schematic standpoint? I think he's been pretty solid through the first two games, right? We we couldn't really tell in week one because of the offensive line and not being able to get Spencer Rattler time. And then week two, I mean, we liked what we saw, but we're really going to start to learn about Dabble Loggins, this offensive scheme, this offensive system, what South Carolina number one wants to do and what they can do with that deficiency that is the offensive line. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends, Over at Twisted Tea, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, 
your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Guys, Speaking of the offense, what playmakers, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Xavier Leggett, and I've mentioned this many, many times, and I will go on record and say it yet again. In case you missed it, guys, this quote came out from Dabble Loggins in the coordinator press conferences that took place yesterday. Dabble Loggins had this to say about Gamecocks wide receiver Juice Wells. Quote, it's been a process. He's overcoming an injury that most people, 99% of the world, wouldn't be back from. He's done a great job. He's ready to get out there, and he's hungry. So, we have been led to believe for two straight weeks that Juice Wells was getting closer, and he's going to play, he's active, he's dressing out, he's good to go, and Juice Wells has been non-existent. He's been a non-factor. But guys, I cannot sit here and tell you with 110% certainty, is Juice Wells going to suit up or not? Is he going to go to go through warm-ups? Is he going to trot, trot out on the field and play a couple of snaps? I have no idea. But I can tell you this. I've been made like a fool two weeks in a row for believing Juice Wells was going to play and make an impact. You will not fool me again. So until I hear Shane Beamer go on record, and he may do this. He may say it at Carolina Calls. He may say it at some point before the game. But until I hear Shane Beamer say that Juice Wells is 110% good to go, he's been cleared by everyone, and he will make an impact, or I see Juice Wells do it, I'm assuming it's not happening. Because we have been, again, led astray two weeks in a row. I won't let it happen a third time. So, South Carolina, 
is going to have to find a way to operate without Juice Wells and Xavier Leggett as their number one target. You know as well as I do, Georgia's going to take him away, or they're going to do everything they can to take him away and make Spencer Rattler go elsewhere. Who are those players? Who are the other playmakers that emerge outside of Xavier Leggett? Let's go back to the running back room. How is that handled, right? How is that managed? Do we see DeCarrion Joyner back at RB1? How do they utilize a Juju McDowell? Do we see more Mario Anderson after some encouraging things against Furman? Do we see Dontavious Braswell in this football game? How is the running game and the running back room managed? You then go to tight end. Is this the week the tight ends pop? Trey Knox, Joshua Simon. I know you're going to be in a lot of 12 personnel. I know you're going to be asking the block a lot and give Spencer Rattler time, but utilizing them down the field in some different you know, different type of formats, uh, formation schemes, what have you, and getting the football in space, I think that could be an area you could find success in because Trey Knox, Joshua Simon, we all agree, they are guys that can be playmakers for you, can be big play threats. You then look on the outside at wide receiver. Guys, I'm not rehashing and going back to the whole argument of comparing Georgia's wide receivers and South Carolina's wide receivers, but let me say this to the credit of South Carolina's wide receivers. There are athletes in that room. There are guys that have potential in that room. Now, we don't know the status right now of Amari and Brown. From the latest I've heard, it's 50-50. So the Gamecocks may not be able to rely on him. But you have a guy like Eddie Lewis who had six catches against Furman. You've got a guy like a Luke Doty. As funny as it is, some people think it's a running joke. But you know what? Luke Doty doesn't know he's not supposed to make a big impact at wide receiver. So you've got him, a guy that's all he's done is make plays through two weeks. You've got a Nicholas Harbors, a true freshman. How much does he play? Does he play? I think it'd be a mistake not to play him, but we'll see. You got Omega Blake, who was raved about in the offseason, and the list goes on and on. So I think there's enough there in that room to where you can make some things happen. You can go down the field, but somebody's got to step up because Georgia's going to have an answer for Xavier Leggett, I can assure you. That doesn't mean that Xavier Leggett's not going to make plays, guys, but Georgia's not going to – Georgia's defense – Georgia's defense is too good to let one or two guys beat them. You're going to have to have people step up outside of Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. And I don't know if it's Trey Knox. I don't know if it's Joshua Simon. I don't know if it's Eddie Lewis. I don't know if it's Mario Anderson. I don't know if it's Nicholas Harbor. I don't know who it is, but somebody has to step up because Georgia's defense ain't going to get beat by one or two guys. They're just not. Who are those one or two guys going to be? We shall see on Saturday. Moving to the defensive side of things, guys. Is this a bit of a Tonka Hemingway revenge game? (laughs) After the week that's been, poor Tonka Hemingway, just getting dragged by the Georgia fan base, and I'm sure Georgia fans are going to be chirping at Tonka and letting him hear it after he didn't do anything. I know we would love nothing more then to see Tonka Hemingway pop off and have a big, big game on Saturday against Georgia. And that defensive front as a whole, you know, he needs to lead the way for that defensive front because Georgia, they have not run the football up to their standard of the last couple of weeks, but you can bet your rear end they're going to be looking to establish the run, especially with Carson Beck, first SEC game. They're going to want to ease him into this football game. How much more motivated? Not that he needs more motivation, but like it's just a fascinating thing to watch because Kirby's comments and then Tonka Hemingway. How does Tonka respond in this football game? And how does South Carolina's defensive front respond as well? Because you know Georgia, 
They're going to want to play smash mouth football, run the football, pound the football down your throat. Our guys like Tonka Hemingway, Boogie Huntley, Sanders, Barrett, Elijah Davis, those guys up front in the middle, are they ready to step up and slow down this rushing attack that is what Georgia will present on Saturday afternoon? Speaking of guys that can help, and, you know, I, I think the injury bug, certainly it's something, it's a storyline on both sides, right? Lad McConkey for Georgia, the great wide receiver. Javon Bullard, their big-time safety. South Carolina as well. I already mentioned Juice Wells and his just the great mystery that is Juice Wells and his help. Uh, then you have Jatias Gear, the edge, David Spalding at nickel, Nick Eamon-Worry at the safety position. What's the status of those guys? You know, I think we're hearing good things, favorable things on Jatias Gear and Nick Eamon-Worry. Thankfully, it sounds like those guys should be able to go uh, from what we're hearing. So what's their status, guys? I've mentioned for two straight weeks. I think getting Jatias Gear back will be huge. I think him not playing has been Really, really detrimental to this football team because I, I just don't think South Carolina has a lot of high-quality SEC bodies at the edge spot outside of Jordan Strong and Jatias Gear. So getting him back will be huge. Uh, you know, if David Spalding doesn't go, asking Keenan Nelson Jr. to do more and to be a bigger impact player, right? Georgia's got a fantastic group of wide receivers, whether Gamecock Nation wants to believe it or not. Um, I think having David Spalding back will be huge. And then Nicky Minwari, guys, again, it goes without saying, you need him to blanket Brock Bowers. I mean, stopping Brock Bowers, it's going to be difficult enough, but if you don't have Nick Emanwari, all of a sudden that task gets even more difficult. And we all saw what Brock Bowers did to South Carolina last season. You know, guys, you look at Carson Beck, first SEC game for him. And, you know, we talk about the Gamecocks on the defensive side. And, and I told you guys a couple of days ago, like I, I, I am unfortunately... You know, I don't know if it's us talking ourselves into it or like the defense was so bad back in 2020 that Clayton Whitey couldn't help but overachieve and do great things. And the secondaries had some flashy players, some nice players. But the conference-wide narrative and the national narrative is that this defense stinks. And you look at the numbers, and guys, unfortunately, it doesn't help the Gamecocks case a whole lot, right? So this is a big weekend for Clayton White. This is a big weekend for the Gamecocks defense to – to maybe dispel that narrative a little bit, because I've been someone that I've always felt like, okay, you know, the defense, they're not elite, but they're solid. I'm starting to grow more and more concerned with South Carolina's defense. Like, I I just, I think that they're a little bit overvalued by a lot of Gamecock Nation. A lot of Gamecock fans give way too much credit to Clayton White in this defense. And so this is a big game for, again, dispelling that narrative. Is South Carolina... When you look at what they have to do defensively to have success in this one, are the Gamecocks able to slow down the run and force Carson Beck to beat them? Guys, that's your only chance of success. Getting Georgia in some third and longs, getting Carson Beck in some third and uncomfortables, putting him in some situations where the game is on his arm. The game is on Carson Beck's right shoulder. And you're generating some sort of pass rush. You're dialing up some exotic blitzes. Like, I don't think Clayton White can afford to be conservative in this football game, right? Doing everything you can to get after a an inexperienced quarterback in SEC play. Because this is Carson Beck's first SEC game, as I've mentioned many times, right? If South Carolina can do that, I think they might have a shot. If they can't and Carson Beck's comfortable from the jump and Georgia's popping off six, seven yards of carry, you can forget about it. It's going to be like the last couple of years in the South Carolina-Georgia series. 
Guys, something else I'm looking forward to in the big question for me. D- does the youth movement continue in Athens? I don't think any of us believe it's a recipe for success or a recipe for the, ux- uh, the uh, an upset. It's the, the recipe for the upset to, to play a bunch of freshmen in the offensive line and just go youth at every position. But at the same token, if you're not going to win this football game anyways, getting those youngsters experience and having them step in and, and play meaningful minutes and meaningful snaps and, and, and you know getting that baptism by fire, if you will, against the Georgia Bulldogs, I think it could be beneficial. I absolutely think it could be. I wonder how much do we see of guys like a Trovon Bow, like a Jatavia Shivers, like a Big Tree Babalade, like a Nick Harbor. Does Lenora Sellers have a special package? You know, defensively, obviously, Jalon Kilgore, I think you'll continue to see a lot of him, a guy that has 18 tackles through two games. We saw a lot of youth last week. I mean, a ton. Dontavious Braswell running back another one. Grayson Pup Howard, I think, who's going to have to play. Xavier McLeod at defensive tackle. Saw tons of youth against Furman. It was great to see South Carolina empty the bench. I'm not saying you do that again. What I'm saying is, did last week show this coaching staff, that, hey, for us to have a best, the best shot to win, not just this game, but for down the road, we need to get these young guys out there. We need to throw them in the fire and see how they respond. I just wonder how much more of those guys do we see? Because while it may not be a recipe for an upset, it may not be a recipe for great success in this football game, getting those guys experienced now, I think could pay off major, major dividends as we go throughout this season. And finally, guys, speaking of the recipe for an upset, the recipe for success in this one, could this be? A repeat of 2019. The last time we saw the Gamecocks going to Athens, this type of spread, a day game, if you will. South Carolina did the unthinkable. Georgia right now, a 20-game home winning streak, the last team to beat them. You guessed it. It was the Gamecocks back in 2019. Could a repeat of 19 be on the horizon? Is it possible? Could we look up in the fourth quarter and see the, the Gamecocks leading this football game 24-21 to 21 and Georgia's on their heels and Georgia's pressing and you know all their hopes and dreams of three straight national titles are, are hanging on by a thread? And if not, realistically, even if South Carolina doesn't win, and I hate to burst your bubble, guys, but you know what? The Gamecocks might not win this football game. Even if they don't win, though, in my opinion, and I've said this many times this week, but I want to repeat myself one more time. You can call it moral victories. You can call it loser mentality. You know what I call it, guys? I call it progression. I call it seeing this program make progress under Shane Beamer. South Carolina keeping this game respectable matters. It matters. I understand that South Carolina lost by 41 to Georgia last year and still went and won eight games. But if the Gamecocks want to be taken seriously, not just in local circles, but in conference-wide circles and national circles, They need to give Georgia a fight. This needs to be a respectable outcome. There's no shame in losing to Georgia 38 to 28, 38 to 24 even, what have you, making Georgia sweat through three quarters. There's no shame in that, guys. But losing by 41, losing by 29, losing by 27, doing what you've done over the last couple of years does nothing for your program. Doesn't help. Doesn't help what Shane Beaver's building. So, again, you, you can call it a moral victory all you want. You can say, you know, that, that, that's such a loser mentality. Either win or, guys, 
be realistic for five seconds. If South Carolina is able to go out there, play fundamentally sound football, do some things both offensively and defensively, and just make Georgia sweat and play a close competitive ball game at minimum through three quarters, we look, we look up in the fourth and Georgia players aren't taking selfies with their own fans because they're up by 40 points, that would be a step in the right direction. And I don't give a damn who wants to say I'm, 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 I'm soaking in moral victories. And I'm not saying hang the banner, guys. I'm just saying there's value in respectability in this contest. Many of us remember the years when this was a competitive ball game year after year after year. We've gotten away from that. And while I know this game falls off the schedule in 2024, it is imperative, in my opinion, that South Carolina, for the future growth of this program, start to show people that, hey, we may not be where they're at, but we're heading that direction versus trending the other way.